Hi out there. This is Heather Vickery, and you've tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Who out there is afraid of failure? Well, I'm willing to bet most of you are, at least some of the time. I know that's true for me. Well, today's guest is here to talk about the magic and art of failing. He even goes by the name The Fail Coach. Today, we're talking about the art of failing fast and failing forward. We're reminded that no magic ever happens in the comfort zone, and the only real failure is not trying or not getting up when you fall. You're not going to want to miss a moment of this episode, so get cozy and stick with us. But before we start the show, I want to know, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Have you thought, wow, that would be fun, or gosh, that would be hard, or I really know this would be impactful for my business or life, but I don't even know where to start? Well, then I invite you to join us this Thursday, August 20th, at 2 p.m. Central for our So You Want to Start a Podcast live Q&A session with the Podcast Power Academy experts. This is where you're going to get to learn the behind-the-scenes secrets about why this is a great time to start a podcast, how to get started, and how to keep going. Simply visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more and register for this free live session. You have to register to get the link. And this isn't a webinar. We're not going to show you a slideshow and just go through some talking points. This is a conversation. So if you've ever thought, I want to start a podcast, then mark your schedule Get registered. We hope to see you there. That address again is podcastpoweracademy.com. All right, now here we go. Humble, grateful, fail, hyphen, forward. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. That's awesome. Hey, everybody. This is Heather Vickery. I'm your host here at the Brave Files podcast. I'm really excited to share this guest with you this week, but I have a question before we get started. What does failure mean to you? How do you move through failure or do you move through it at all? Well, this week's guest, Miha Matyowski, I've been working on that. I don't think I got it right. <laughs> Matyowski? Yes? Close enough. Matyowski. <laughs> All right. I wasn't too far off. Thank you. No. He's here to share his story of epic failure and how after the devastation, he turned failure into an empire. He now teaches people how to dream big and strive for spectacular failure because it means you're trying and working really hard. So please help me welcome Miha, who is known as the fail coach to the Brave Files. Miha, welcome. Well, hello, Heather. It's a pleasure to be your <laughs> guest. <laughs> it is this so funny. We had a, obviously y'all could tell that we had a conversation about me has three words and um, I couldn't help. Normally I don't laugh in the middle of the guests sharing their three words, but when you added the hyphen in, it just 
just tickled me. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure to make it really three. <laughs> it's three. It's three words. Yes, we uh, sometimes I will bend the rules just a little and allow a made-up hyphen word because it it fits. So uh, we're gonna get to fail hyphen forward in just a moment. But before we can get there, let's just give everybody a little bit of a background, a very short version of your story leading up to leading up to becoming the fail coach. Okay, um, I'll fly through, and then you know, if you want to stop <laughs> me somewhere, go ahead. Or oh, I um, will. <laughs> yeah. So I dropped out of high school when I was seventeen. Uh, started working for my father's small business, um, was more or less just Sunday occupation and life was pretty damn good. Um, now, unfortunately, every good thing needs to come to an end. And so my father, a few years uh, later, was diagnosed uh, mm. with cancer and died three weeks later. So it was Oh my really, goodness, that's yeah. traumatic. I'm so sorry. Well, uh, Thank you. It, it was quite a long time ago. But the thing was, I was the only child and, and it was like a normal thing that I take over the family business. Mm. I had no idea how to run a business. So uh, very... and let me ask you this really quickly, though. You dropped out of high school because you chose to drop out of high school, not because you were forced to. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I was just rebel without a cost. You okay. know, like why okay. would I learn this? What benefit will right. history make for my life and so on? And uh, like I had the most perfect parents in uh, like my perfect childhood was was like a big reason for everything that happened to me because right. nobody ever held me accountable. Everything was amazing. I was you know like that. Uh, reincarnation of Jesus Christ or, you know, the new King Midas or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that was my childhood. Very perfect. And I could do nothing wrong for my parents. Okay. That's a fascinating point to bring up because we certainly live in a society where we tell our kids how awesome and perfect they are all the time. Me included. Um, yeah, that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, that was my huge adversity, which most <laughs> people can't understand because, you know, when you talk about adversity, it's, you know, like some abuse in the childhood or something like that. But, I mean, you know, I, I was like a social invalid. I didn't know how to wake up. I didn't know uh, with, a, with an alarm clock, you know. I didn't... I. I, I didn't know how to change a light bulb, uh, how to, you know, like do things that most people um, okay. just do on a regular basis. Um, you know, uh, when I was young, when there was stuff to do around the house, uh, my parents would just say, you know, oh, you go and play your video games or whatever. Yeah. We'll take care of everything. Um, but that whole thing, I mean, it was perfect childhood, don't get me wrong. But it, it, <laughs> but it, it didn't, doesn't set you up for success, that's for sure. And it doesn't prepare you for the real life. And, and you know, yeah. even when I started working for my father's company, I was it was more like, like, just do whatever you like doing. We'll give you a huge paycheck. And, you know, <laughs> like, just go have fun. Uh, wow. And, and, yeah, it was great. But then, you know, when that, that happened so suddenly, um, I had no idea what I'm doing. And everybody and you, thought, you know, oh, he was there for a few years. He must know. So, you know, like it's only normal that he takes over. And you didn't know how to do that. You didn't have those skills yeah. Yeah, but to successfully the was, do that. I was always told how amazing I am. So, you know, how can I fail? <laughs> you know what? I so appreciate that. I, I actually had the, a very similar 
growing up experience. And so I will say, my kids do know how to do things. But I think it was because, and I don't know if you've ever spoken with your your mom about this as you've, you know, developed in your life. My mom had a very difficult childhood. There was, she was expected to do lots of things. You know, she was cleaning the kitchen and doing the laundry at five and six years old. And she didn't want me to have that experience. So she wanted my life to be easier. And of course, not realizing that there's a middle ground there. You can support your children and you can encourage them and still teach them basic life skills. And so that's what I'm, the balance I'm attempting to strike with my kids, not always successful. But do you think that's part of what led to yes, yes. the perfect both, child syndrome? Yeah, both my parents, they had quite a lot of adversity in their childhood and, and, yeah. and in their life. And yeah, like we'll do everything so that Miha has the most amazing childhood. But yeah, they never found any balance in that. They just went completely overboard. Like, you know, my father, when I was 14 for birthday, he bought me a speedboat. Oh my goodness. You know, just, you know, wow. just I because. Mean, <laughs> well, obviously he did really well in his business and then you took it over and what happened? Um, yeah, well, things started to go downhill super fast. <laughs> And um, somehow, you know, life always gives you lessons, but I never learned anything from this lesson because somehow I was lucky enough to come across two people who saw something in me that I am good with people. I, I am good when it comes to sales, but I, you know, I just don't do anything else. And uh, so they offered me to take over the majority share, to jump in the company. They'll take care and run the company and I'll just do the sales and the networking. And that's it. Wow. Uh, and so, so they did, uh, but they took the majority share. And yes, I was like really fast doing amazing. Like we were making 100, 150% more month after month in sales. And wow. Quite quickly, there was a lot of money again, uh, good times, Michelin three-star restaurants, fancy hotels, uh, amazing cars. And I was, you know, 20-something. I was flying so high. Um, I don't know. Probably I was on Mars in, in my head. Um, and, <laughs> and soon I became the creative entrepreneur again. Um, and so I started, okay. uh, I started seeing ideas and what I can do, how I can do new creative stuff. But because these guys took majority share, I was like, why would I bring those ideas to this table? I'll just create my own companies. How hard it yeah. can be. Look at me. I'm flying. I'm, I'm so good at sales. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm about, perfect. I can do everything. Yeah. yeah I had no idea back then, you know, that there's such a thing as uh, company foundation and structure and systems and so on. And the thing was, that was just around, you know, 2005, 6, 7, 8. And the whole macroeconomic situation at that time was flying, like similar to what we see right now. Right now, you know, real estate is just going up. Shares are just going up. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's pretty hard to go bankrupt. Pretty hard, even if you have okay, no foundation. If you say so. Um, and so I often compare my ex companies with that first house from the Three Little Pigs story. My companies had no foundation and were like a house made out of straw. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, the crisis came, uh, the first wind blew, uh, one of my companies was in real estate, uh, inve I was investing in this huge real estate project, shopping mall, plus apartment buildings on top of it, and uh, the real estate prices dropped, I was in the middle of the project, the bank said, we're out, um, all my other companies, everything else that I owned was co-signing that agreement, they took all of that, I was left with all debt in my other companies, and because I personally signed for a lot of that, I ended up suddenly $5 million in personal debt, Whoa. without an option to do personal bankruptcy. Whoa, $5 million? Yes. Like, I don't like to be $10,000 in debt. Like, I, I literally am twitching yes. at night if I owe $10,000. And that's a cash flow thing, right? You should be able to do that. Um, holy shit, man. What, what did you do? Um, at first, I was like, okay, I can figure it out. I can find the solution. I can find, you know, a project or a contract or this or that. I'll, I'll make it happen, you know. Um, and I actually wrote a list of a few ideas. And, you know, I started working toward those ideas. I was like, you know, I need to solve this. The thing was, you know, um, it was unsolvable. I yeah. just didn't saw it. And as the days and weeks went by, uh, that realization was was hitting me harder and harder and harder. And also the phone calls from all the uh, debtors started going from, you know, hey, we're just checking up through, um, hey, we're going to file a, a, a lawsuit to we will do this and this to you. So like really just threats. I mean, now I realize that, you know, like they weren't really meaning that they will kill me. But, you know, at that time, I honestly believe that that's what they're going to do to me. And so I went <laughs> from uh, I went into huge depression uh, anxiety, um, stress was like 24-7, my head was like a nuclear reaction waiting to explode, um, I couldn't find any silence, any peace, uh, I was unable to go out and meet with people, I was uh, unable to be by myself, and of course, slowly that darkness creeps yeah. in, you know, oh, I used the good portion of the life and, and now this is it. This is the new reality from now on. This is it. I saw no way how I can climb out of this. And then you start asking yourself, you know, like, what's the point? And the idea of suicide creeps mm. in and is, you know, like more and more and more appealing. And yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really speeding past, uh, <laughs> speeding through the story, but um, yeah, um, one night I was on the balcony, my apartment will be taken away in a few days and, and I was like smoking a cigarette and I just climbed on the other side oh, of the fence goodness. and I was like with this one hand holding myself and just already inclined over the border and uh, looking down and I was asking myself, you know, am I going to do this right or, um, you know, will I just end up on a wheelchair? Because that will not solve anything. Yeah, so you're, in that moment, you're thinking, am I even going to fail at killing myself? Yes, yes, yes. And then and then I started this really heated debate, and I used a lot of very juicy words, so I'm not going to repeat that on your podcast. <laughs> but it was along the line, you know, like, you did this, you made this mistake, you this, you this. And it was hearing myself word 
you that really like was that first aha moment because you know that perfect childhood whenever something good happened to me it was just normal that you know that's me but whenever something bad happened to me because you know uh, uh, that child cannot do anything wrong yeah i always found something or somebody else to blame for all the mishaps and and the same was with this you know the crisis the government the politics the this the that it uh, and this was the first time when i really for the first time in my life took ownership this extreme ownership for everything the good the bad and the ugly but it was on the other hand so liberating because my next that was the real aha moment was oh but if i was able to make all those mistakes and still did that if i now learn something and do things differently and change my habits and so on i can do even bigger yeah and that like i did it once i can do it again yeah and so and so that was that aha moment and yeah I, I i wrote a huge list of everything that i need to do and change and and then this journey of personal development business development started and it was a long journey i, I had to change a lot um, and learn a lot and then three and a half years later in 2014 i created another startup um uh, got it funded i scaled that startup from zero to multiple eight figures in the first year multiple nine in the next year had a successful exit to fortune 100 company wow. and found myself like that was in 2017 so that means eight years later uh with this strange thing called the freedom of choice uh. because you know when you have the freedom of time and the freedom of money you have the freedom of choice sure and that's where i started helping um like i was naturally drawn to meetups and and uh co-working spaces and so mm -hmm. on because i can't imagine myself you know sitting at a bar talking with the local drunks about the weather and the politics so i went to you know events where entrepreneurs were because that's who i love being around and you know they were asking me questions because they heard my story uh how did you do this how did you do that and uh, i actually just fell into the whole mentoring coaching yeah. thing and then when i was brainstorming like how do we name this thing i, I had a few beers with a friend and he said well you constantly talk about failure and healthy relationship with failure and how important that is and every story that you say starts with you know i failed at this and then i did that he said you're a fail coach and yeah that's how i love that i became the fail coach i really love that i am of the camp that there is no such thing as failure other than not trying or not getting back up again how do you feel about that no absolutely yeah. it's just you know why why do we call certain things failure yeah. in my opinion um often like when we start a business we have these huge hopes and dreams um and positive emotions you know like what that will give us whether it's material stuff or more time or traveling mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. our why is but you know we associate this huge positive emotions but then because we don't do the process right we don't lay down the foundation and stuff like that um you know our business fails 
Yeah. Like the number one reason is uh, for businesses to fail is no proven product market fit. The second one, cash flow management yep. and so on. <laughs> yeah. um, we just talked about you know? cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because, yeah. because we don't do those things right, of course, we don't uh, succeed in achieving that goal. And then because we had such huge positive emotions attached to that goal, now we go into the other side, into huge negativity, negative self-talk. And then when you start down that path, you create this negative energy, you feel shame, you feel embarrassment, you don't talk about it, no. you don't share. You start you start thinking, oh, this is just me. I'm, I'm the, uh, like, uh, the worst thing in the world is happening to me um, uh, and, and so on. And then you go into why God, what have I done to the world and so yeah. on. Like asking yourself all these things that really won't give you any answers. Um, and because the thing is, the right way to react when uh, mishaps happen is logical not emotional because those emotions cloud our vision so instead of us focusing on the process figuring out whether we were doing wrong steps or whether there are bottlenecks that we didn't see mm -hmm. and eliminating them and then eventually reaching the goal uh, we go into this emotional roller coaster and uh, that's when we say failure that's the wrong reaction. And, you know, that can drag you down, then other things fail, and then suddenly everything is failing around you. And it, it, it often yeah. takes a whole lot of time to then pick yourself up. And a failure is, is the number one reason for suicide among entrepreneurs. Fear of failure is the number one dream killer. Yeah, yeah. And again, they don't fully understand that there, there are just lessons. Like you can, you can learn more. You can plan better. You can make different choices. That is, yeah, yes, yeah, really fascinating. I, I mean, that's the work that I do is is helping people set shit up the right way to begin with. <laughs> so yeah. that um, it doesn't mean it's going to be wildly successful. And of course, success is self defined, but it does mean that it's not going to quote unquote flop. And if it does, you know, what do you learn from it and how do you make a different choice moving forward? But that's a tricky place to be in. Yes. You obviously have already, you know, developed that healthy relationship with failure. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, your upbringing was such, I mean, not everybody's dealing with failure in the same way. Sure. There are plenty of people who had, you know, I don't know, parents that, you know, already from a young age were telling them the right thing, how to react in the right way to failure. Or maybe, you know, you're just that kind of person that you react in the right way or whatever. Uh, but, but the thing is that, you know, uh, plenty or majority of people, they react with emotions, with negative yeah. emotions, with Most negative self-talk. Yeah. yeah. And that's the bad thing. Yeah. It is pretty normal. And so redefining that, it, that's, again, so much of the work that I do, and I know it's the work you do, is redefining how people think and feel about those things. How do they have different conversations yes. and change their mindset? Yes. Yeah. What do you find in this work is the, the biggest struggle for you? For me? Yeah, for you personally. Um, well, I wouldn't say that I like, I mean, there are plenty of struggles, like a lot, like 
you know, you have all these inner demons that people have uh, yeah, that yes. they need to overcome and so on. But I actually love doing this. So um, I don't see it as a struggle, but it is hard. And I would say that um, even though I'm a business coach, uh, probably 70% of the time that I spend with my clients is more life coaching or, or yeah. therapy in, in a way. Um, it, it's just, yeah. And I mean, often when I'm dealing with a few business partners, uh, co-founders, um, I, I joke that, you know, I'm doing marriage therapy because we need to figure out the relationship first before we can even start with the business part. That's all very true. It literally states in my contract that I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a doctor. <laughs> I cannot give you <laughs> medical advice, but it does often feel like that. Although, are you familiar with um, with The Prosperous Coach, with Rick Levin's work? Um, no, oh, no. Oh, it's a great, it's a great book. Anybody out there who's working, looking to become a coach, uh, the prosperous coach is a really great book, but they talk about the lamppost effect, which is, um, if a person goes out in the middle of the street and talks to a lamppost and spills their guts, they're going to walk away feeling better because when we tell our stories, we feel better. And the moral of the story is you're better than a lamppost. So <laughs> already, yeah. already you're ahead of the game, right? Like, don't be so hard on yourself. You can help people. You're better than a lamppost. So I love that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the whole thing is basically just communication and, and getting them. Uh, basically, what I try to help them is create that safe environment because alone they aren't capable because the debate gets heated quite quickly. Sure. Yeah. But with me on the Zoom call, I guess out of the respect uh, towards me or whatever, because, you know, somebody else is in the room, um, you know, they, they, they hold back a little bit, but then I can create that safe space and get them to communicate in a proper way and really listen to understand, not to respond and so on. So, you know, but at the end of the day, it's more or less is to get them to start communicating to because most of them they start as you know roommates or friends or whatever and it's really to get them in love back again you know like, yeah. like just like in a relationship with a husband and a wife where you have to take them out of the daily environment and problems and kids and all of that and like just go on a date go on a weekend romance getaway reconnect back with what you actually fell in love with yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that you're out there helping people do that. I'm curious, does this work that you're doing feel brave to you? Yes. Yeah. I love it when you yeah. say that. I, it's often people who have gone through the lessons of, I'm going to screw it up sometimes and that's going to be okay. The embrace, embracing failure as a concept who are like, hell yeah, it's brave. And then I get other folks who will go, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, And you know, uh, Heather, when you call yourself fail coach, most people think <laughs> now that you're the fail coach, you don't fail anymore. And, and that couldn't be further away from truth. I fail more, but because I have systems in place, I recognize failure much sooner. Yeah. I can react much sooner. Plus, I understand that if you want to achieve something big in your life, I mean, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have these crazy big dreams. We want to change the world, go to Mars and so on. I mean, you, you ain't going to achieve that. Like no magic ever happened in the comfort zone. So you constantly need to push yourself right. out there. And when you do that, the likelihood is bigger that you will fail on your first try than succeed. 
And so it's very important what your relationship with failure is for you to be able to fail fast and to fail hyphen forward. I love that. Fail fast and fail forward. I dig it. I really do. I love it a lot. I'm curious. So uh, being able to recognize something that's about to fail or change your behavior right away to stop it, how do you celebrate those successes or, or any successes? How do you like to celebrate? Usually, usually it's, it's more uh, I celebrate them by giving forward. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not doing what I'm doing for me, um, but it, it's like I have these two crazy big whys, why I do the whole thing. And, and basically, my fail coach is a tool that fuels those two things. And one of them is Failures Anonymous, which one day I hope will be <laughs> an that. organization around the world. <laughs> I already have the domain name and, and a few videos on the That's website, great. but it's far from, you know, but I want to create, uh, we did a few test runs locally and it was amazing. Small groups, entrepreneurs, sharing, talking, opening up, crying, laughing, amazing guided uh, uh, conversation, amazing breakthroughs, amazing relationship that were formed in that way. So Failures Anonymous is really like, I want to be that, uh, momentum starter to break the taboo called failure. That's that's the goal. I, I know that it. I can't uh, eradicate it while I'm still alive because it's a crazy big goal. Absolutely. But I just want to start the momentum. And so, you know, if I want to achieve that and I don't want to be dependent on some UN or somebody giving me money, I want to fund everything that I do myself. So basically, Fail Coach is my tool to do that. So my celebration is not so much celebration for me, but when I see what I'm doing for others, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think it's great. Um, just as long as, you know, I always encourage people every week to make sure that they stop and feel and acknowledge all of those moments of success, big or small, because that's what gives us the energy to keep going really more than anything. So it's not just the big things, it's the little things. It all counts. Yeah, well, I, that I agree. Then, you know, when, when I have some failure, like I go and play with my dogs or with my, my, my uh, first lady, we go and, you know, like have a dinner or we do something or, you know, like, so yeah, yeah we, we do these little celebrations all the time. I love that. And I love that playing with your dog is a form of celebration. I think that that's true. There are so many different ways to do it. So thank you for sharing that with us. It's super fun. Miha, I'd love to know, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? Well, um, it's, it's in the making, but that's the second why. Throughout that journey of mine, when I was going out of that depression and anxiety and all that, I ended up adopting a, str a stray dog mm -hmm. uh, that basically saved my life and, and mm. is my angel and since then i adopted more dogs and that's why two and a half years ago i moved to eastern europe uh, to to help saving and rescue the dogs so that's what i do during the day when i'm not coaching wow i um, love it yeah and and that's the second why is is another uh, non-profit organization where i want to buy vans and transform them into mobile veterinarian clinics and, and do educational stuff and things like that. So it's in the making. But yeah, that's that's like really 
what fuels me going forward because that dog happy i mean he's still my dog uh, he gave me so much and and i i know i need to give back so much more because i wouldn't be here without him for sure yeah, I've heard that from a number of guests on the show that their pets really were a part of saving their lives. Um, it just goes to show you how much heartbeat connection matters, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Well, Miha, this was a lot of fun. You you have a, a really fun energy, and it's such a valuable thing, especially for folks. Um, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 45, and I think a lot of my contemporaries, for sure, had that experience where their parents didn't want to put them through you know, hard work or trauma because they'd been through it themselves and um, the pendulum swings both ways. So, you know, uh, nobody's perfect. We can all make mistakes. And I just love that you've encouraged everyone to fail fast and fail forward. So y'all, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Remember that. Yeah. Miha, can you share your three words with us one last time? Uh, Humble, grateful, fail, hype, and forward. (laughs) That still makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are awesome words. I, I love them. You certainly are humble and I can hear the gratitude. I'm a gratitude girl. Everybody who listens knows that I've written two books and journals on gratitude. It's a powerful, powerful thing, life-changing, scientifically proven thing to increase happiness and well-being. Do you have a gratitude practice, Miha? Um, yes, yes, I do. Um, like every day I go through that and every day, like a few years ago, I came across a quote from Albert Einstein saying, uh, you know, don't be just a man of success, rather be a man of value. Like his definition is a little bit different, but I took it as like every single day I need to do something of value to others. And so every single day there, there's at least some little thing that I do uh, for, you know, random acts of kindness and so on. And, and uh, um, I kind of keep a little gratitude journal and so on because all of those things, um, like I often say, yes, I had a lot of money back then. Now <laughs> I'm not even close to those numbers, but I really do feel like a billionaire, if yeah. not even more in my heart through what I, I, I can do and, and how I can help others and uh, create a better world. Love that. I love that so much. Y'all, if you don't have a gratitude practice, get one. Miha and I both think you should. And I have the greatest tool and resource for that. Just look for Shift Your Focus or Grow Grateful. Those are my gratitude journals. You can reach them on Amazon or through my website, vickeryandco.com. I totally did not mean to plug that, but I'm just saying they're (laughs) guided and they help you build this new habit that's absolutely life-changing. And I love, Miha, that you said um, it allows you to feel so abundant and so wealthy and it's not about money it's not even remotely about money yes very cool well thank you so very much for being here with us well it was my pleasure and it was so lovely being your guest all right folks thanks so much for listening i can't wait to hear how you are out and failing fast and failing forward you can give us a call at 312-646-0205 and share those stories with us we really want to hear them and how are you out choosing bravely every day 
If you love what we're doing here at The Brave Files, it would be such an honor to have you join our Brave movement by becoming a supporter on Patreon. We have lots of different tiers that can meet anybody's needs. There are all sorts of goodies. And then you get to be part of helping us grow and do bigger, braver, bolder things together. We cannot do it without you. So visit us at patreon.com slash brave files. Find a tier for you and join our brave movement today. Thank you so much for being here. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and always to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash LibroFM. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice, and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book, and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes, or get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we'd love to know what you think. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching, coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music is produced by Matt Lewis. Follow him on Instagram at mattmmusic or visit his website, theunionband.com. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to our associate producer, Kim Statler. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.